0: To a new edition of the neon jazz interview series with german jazz pianist and singer jackie Terrison. we caught up with him in late april 2020 during the coronavirus lockdown to talk about his latest 2019 cd 53. He has been hailed as one of the bright young lions of the traditional jazz scene since he captured everyone's attention when he won the Thelonious Monk competition back in 1993. Born in Berlin to a French mother and an American father, his distinctive piano style reflects his old and new influences mixed together. He studied jazz at the Berklee College of Music in Boston with many other new traditionalists like classmates Danilo Perez and many others. He has moved on to quite a career. Take a listen.
1: Again, I want to thank you for taking a minute out, I've, I've been a fan for a long time, and my first question is, you know, we're in a unique time now, you have a relatively new album out, um, what is it like to have new material out now, because people have the latitude to listen to it at home, but you can't, the, the other side of it is, is you can't do anything live with it. How does this bittersweet world that we're in now jazz-wise feel?
2: Yeah, it's it's really it's really strange. I mean, the, yeah, the album has been out since uh, September or, or I think. So, uh, <clears throat> and it's been very well received. And that's cool and that's great and fantastic and everything. Um, I know that a lot of my peers the, um, and a lot of musicians are doing a lot of stuff online. I'm kind of opposed to that, to be honest. Uh, you know, doing concerts for a camera, that doesn't feel natural for me. I rather much wait and be in front of people in a few minutes. Uh, but it, it is frustrating to not be able to be on stage and perform. You know.
1: Talk to me a little bit about your beginnings, how these jazz seeds were born. You were born in Berlin. Talk to me a little bit about your childhood and how jazz became your
2: future. Well, uh, before jazz, it was just the love for the instruments for, for the piano. Uh, there was always a piano at home. My father used to play classical piano since um, I was very little. And I very quickly fell in love with the instruments. Uh, I didn't know, I was just playing, playing, and then uh, uh, maybe even uh, writing or uh, composing little tunes. And my, my parents made me uh, study classical music at first and uh, you know for me it was it was a great thing and that's what i love to do and uh, then i really fell in love with uh, uh different genres j- uh, gems of uh, music classical and jazz basically but mostly jazz because um, improvisation the idea of that that, that freedom uh thing was something very appealing to me. and then um, i went to the school i grew up in paris france I went to the school where you had uh, regular academic uh, lessons in the morning and then the afternoon you had one hour of uh, either with a, pr- um, a private teacher, uh, maybe on Tuesday it was an hour of uh, uh music theory. on Wednesday it was history of music, on Thursday it was sight reading uh, and tw- it was uh, ear training and uh, it was a great school because, uh, you know, in the afternoon it was up to you to either, after that one hour of, uh, of, uh, of uh, studying, it was up to you to either hang out or to go practice. And uh, most uh, students were very serious about what they were doing and hang out a little bit, but then everybody would go practice, uh, you know, for like four or five hours every day. After that I started, uh, Well, I quit school uh, because I applied for a scholarship for Berklee music, which I got. It was not full, but it was almost full. And I went to Boston for, uh, I was supposed to stay two years, but I only stayed one year. Uh, I met this guy, this bass player, who I really liked playing, we would practice a lot together and checking out tunes and maybe uh, write. And he told me, well, listen, uh, Jackie, I like your playing. I'd like to, uh, if you're cool, uh, I could get you. I could get you a gig in, uh, in Chicago. For um, we didn't know how long it was gonna. It was gonna last. I ended up spending a year in Chicago, uh, playing five nights a week, five hour sets, <laughs> and, and
1: and that was the real school. No, that was the real school.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. Being on stage. Uh, half of the set was a trio. The, the, by the by, the way, the the bassist is his name is Dennis Carroll. He's from Chicago. He's still over there. And um, the drummers there will be different drummers. And then um, there was a singer, kind of singer, Bill Acosta, I believe. And it was kind of like Sinatra ish. And I would uh, rewrite arrangements in his keys, and and uh, that was that was fantastic, you yeah. know there would be like gangsters
0: coming in and prostitutes, and it was, it was, it was wonderful.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and that lasted about a year until, you know, having dual citizenship. Uh, I was, um, what's the word? Uh, the, the French authorities were looking for me because I never, uh, over there at the time, um, the military service was mandatory, and they never uh, registered. <laughs> So my parents uh, received a letter saying, Jackie, what are you going to do? So, you know, I was either let go of my French citizenship or and, and, and forget about the other thing, or or, or, uh, or do it. So I, I had to go back to France to deal with that. Uh, after that, uh, I started playing a lot, a lot in Paris with Didi Bridgewater, with Barney Wallen, uh with Ray Brown, when he was doing a, a lot of uh, his European uh, tours, and um, in the mid, uh, see, midnight in in the mid 90s, I moved to New York for good, and spent the next uh, 30 years in New York. And now I'm kind of shifting, between, kind of between New York and, and France these days
1: what was the first live jazz show you saw that made you think man this is what I want to do with my life
2: I think uh, the first live one was probably in, in Paris I can't recall the name exactly but I, I remember uh, before being allowed to go in, uh, to be uh, to go into a jazz club I met this uh, this um, uh, very good friend of mine who happened to be the son of Francis Padras so I met uh, Stephane uh Francis Podress, by the way, uh, is the guy who um who inspired Bertrand Tavigny to do the movie uh, around midnight. Uh yeah. Just,
1: uh,
2: yeah. And uh, so I was very good friends with, with uh Stefan and went to Francis' place a lot and Francis uh really kind of adopted me. He he loved the way that I was inspired by um, that I loved Bud Powell and blah, blah, blah. So I used to go, I would go to his place a lot and he had like maybe three or four thousand LPs. And he told me, you know, you can just uh, buy a bunch of uh, blank cassettes and copy anything you want. And uh, we'd have some uh, dinners and and talk about music. And he would tell me about when he took care of Bud Powell and, and all that, and uh, you know, how it was meeting and staying a little bit with Bill Evans it was it was it was great you know it was the closest thing to to, uh, to being in a in jazz environment away from from uh, at that time I thought it was the only place that the, the USA New York but, but the scene and uh, so that's Francis was the, the equivalent of the scene so to speak in Europe in in, in France uh, in any way yeah
1: you know, now that we're kind of in this period of jazz live, the absence of it, and, and a kind of a nostalgic, you know, notion of live music now. What what do you miss the most about being on the stage, performing this music live?
2: Oh well, the, the just the sharing, the sharing of you know, the experiences of the uh, of the music, of the energies of uh, of you know, the giving. You know, the, when you walk on stage, you know. It's, it's all about love, about sharing, about giving, and, and that's what I miss the most, you know? And, uh, and the people, you know, of, some of them are new, some of them have been following uh, us for like decades. And, uh, you know, being on stage and, and sharing the passion, the love of music, the, the contagious fever that's in the, the music, <laughs> these are not good words by these days, but, <laughs> but, but it's, it's really that. It's appropriate, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's appropriate.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, the one thing I think about too with musicians that, that have had the chance to be around legends and luminaries and big people throughout your life, you've accumulated a really great jazz road. What memories, what experiences do you hold on to now that gives you strength? through this time of absence and these hard times?
2: Well, first of all, I have to go back and, and, and uh, say thank you to uh, people like Betty Carter who were... Mm, when I moved to New York, that was my basically almost my first real gig. I mean, it was a real gig, but it was my first gig uh, with, uh, with Betty Carter. And sharing the stage with her was, was amazing, you know? At the time, I was already in love with Shirley Horn. Uh, I loved Shirley Horn. Uh, uh, and... Uh, playing with Betty, sometimes she would approach the same kind of tempos that were so slow. Right? And, you know, I was maybe 25, 26 at the time. And uh, all you're thinking is about playing a lot of notes and, uh, and Betty and and many others. Uh, you really learned that, you know, uh, this, the hardest part, the most demanding thing was uh, actually being able to only play what was necessary and uh, not and, uh, too much stuff, and uh, and she would always expect you to be uh, 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 fresh, and that was great, you know, because she was tough. So, so that's that was a that was a fantastic memory, and then all the all the other playing, uh, people that I had uh, the uh, opportunity to play with. Yeah,
1: why do you love jazz?
2: Uh, because uh, uh, yeah, um, it's, it's about honesty and hard work and pleasure and love, and uh, but mostly it's it's, uh, it's a lot about honesty and energy and and, uh, and communication.
1: You know, we're going to get out of this. We're going to get back to a live environment. You know, there's still ambiguity about all of those aspects of it, but it will happen. And yeah. I want to know from you what, what do you hope both musician and the audience gets from this absence of live music some revelation that we get when we all return
2: yeah well you know it's kind of funny you mentioned that because yesterday it was the first time in uh, well almost two months now <coughs> that I happened uh, that I had learned that uh, it was actually a, a show that was reconfirmed it was honestly like, probably 40 or 50 shows that, that have been cancelled one after the other and it's kind of a uh, crazy uh, i just want to say this to people in general so they are aware it's kind of crazy how um uh, musicians have uh, basically no protection when something like this happens uh, you know it's just cancelled and, and uh, that's it <laughs> no yeah. money no nothing you know yeah. uh, Fortunately, a lot of uh, the shows have just been postponed, like six months, Uh, but basically you just out there with no work, no income, uh, for for a few months. Uh, uh, Banks have been cool, I've been uh, able to uh, borrow for for very low interest, just to uh, stay afloat. Uh, What I'm really looking forward to is, uh, you know, people uh, hopefully, uh, realizing that um, live music is like nothing else. You know, uh, that internet—it's um, just a screen. You're not there. You're not breathing. You're not seeing people sweat or or really trying to get to something with uh, other musicians. Uh, and uh, and hopefully, it will. Increase this uh, envy to go see live music again, but I think it's not a given for uh, a lot of uh, folks, and uh, it's kind of natural, I' afraid to to be uh, to be in a place where there's a bunch of people and not be afraid to to uh, this uh, <laughs> basically what they're telling us not to do right now. So. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Well. My final question to you is this. Everyone has a perception of you, your family, your friends, your fans, but you're living your life. Who do you think you are?
2: I'm Jackie Terrison. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah. Uh, I, um, I'm, just, you know, I'm just trying to make the best out of this, I'm checking on my kids. They're okay. I want them to be uh, safe, and I can't wait to be back on stage and, uh, and, uh, to share this passion that I have. That many of us have and uh, play and have fun. Amen. Yeah,
1: I can't wait for you guys to get
2: back. To, to answer your question, you yeah. <laughs> you nothing, we nothing, <laughs> we're nothing. Sometimes this big strikes, we, we just nothing, you know. And, and a lot of us, a lot of a lot of uh, musicians have have gone since this has started.
1: And you realize how little control over everything we have.
2: Good thing about this is the nature uh taking uh, back its uh its its
1: space a little bit amen yeah absolutely well i will tell you one thing that's always been joyous i've been doing this show since 2011 i've done a lot of shows and interviews the thing about jazz is is that people aren't in it for the money so and the innovation is always ramped up when there's been adversity so i see this genre of music coming back, coming back strong, Mm -hmm. monumental recordings, and I love you cats, and I just, I'm going to do everything I can to get the word out there, and hopefully people can support and uh, make it through this time, man, because all we have is hope. Yep,
2: that's
1: it. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest cats in Paris, Berlin, kansas city and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz thanks to jackie for his time energy and cool if you want to hear more interviews go to famous interviews with joe domino on the itunes store visit neon jazz at youtube.com and for everything neon jazz all the time go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com until next time enjoy the jazz my friends on jazz.